You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord for every opportunity that we have to fellowship as his children, to look into his word, and to sing songs and just love on him and be loved by him. Okay, from the past uh, week, we have been looking at something in the same, you know, area. And I think it has to do with valuation or the value that we place on the gift of God, on the salvation that we have, on this relationship that we have with God. And we looked at Matthew 13. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Matthew 13. And we looked at two parables, verse 44 to 46, captures both of them. And it says, the first one says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Praise the Lord. says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, when Jesus, our Lord Jesus, tells us a parable, it is supposed to be a key. It's supposed to be a pattern that represents the real, which if altered in any way or miss, you know, not fully followed, will not deliver the end product. So if we look at, let's, both parables are similar, so let's just take the first one, 44. And I want to ask us a question as you behold it on the screen. From this parable, if this man sells half of what he has, is it the same thing? Assuming this man was very wealthy, maybe this man was today's mention, maybe Bill Gates, and he decided, okay, let me give up my resources only in the United States, not in the rest of the world. Will it give him what we are talking about? So the parable says, whoever is going to get this kingdom it will cost him what? It will cost him what? All, 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 all. Now, this parable did not say how much, but it said the proportion. One of the things you must learn from Scripture is that Scripture is most times not interested in quantity, but in quality. So, this same kingdom that Bill Gates, unquote, cannot purchase with half of his billions Okay, or let's even say um, the, the Amazon man will not purchase with his trillions. Okay, this same kingdom, a man, a pauper can purchase it with his mat and bed if that is all that he has. Praise God. Because the kingdom is not concerned with quantity. It is always concerned with quality. It is proportion. It wants the whole. And that whole could be one cent and it could be one trillion. It doesn't matter to him because the cattle on a, upon a thousand hills belong to God. God is not moved by what moves men. Okay? 
So we establish that, and if this also is representative of the kingdom, then it also says that the kingdom must be purchased. Praise the Lord. This man found this treasure hidden in a field, and what did he do? He claimed it by faith. Is that what he did? He sat on it. Didn't the Bible say to Joshua, walk through the land everywhere the uh, soles of your feet shall tread upon it shall be given to you. This man did not walk through the land and all of a sudden own the field. Praise God. The man had to exchange value for this field. Now, is, is this man trying to teach you works? Come with me and you're going to still see what I'm talking about. In Second Peter chapter 1, we'll read from verse 1 to 12. 2 Peter 1 from verse 1 to 12. Thank you. Simon Peter, a bond servant, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. For he, let's read this one together. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, let's continue. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Now, look at 11. Let's continue reading. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Then I'll read 12 for you. He says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Praise the Lord. Okay, we have a text here that is saying some things. Sometimes, you know, I, I have to start from under. Verse 11 makes a statement which, as we're just reading it, you know, something was ticking in my head. Verse 11 says, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we have some other translations, maybe easy to read version or message or any of the simpler translations. So some of them says, thank you, message says, The streets, the streets paved. And the way what? Wide, open into the eternal kingdom of our master. Now, you remember, I think it was last Sunday or last Wednesday, 
that we said here, that Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, says that the way that leads to life is what? It's straight and the gate is narrow, isn't it? And there will be few that find it. But can we see that verse 11 says that there is some way you can do this thing and you'll find that the gate is what? It's broad. Somebody say, I want it that way. It's the word of truth. Tell your neighbor, it's the word of truth. It's the word of complete truth. Praise the Lord. It's the word of complete truth. Now let's, you know, take a step back. In Genesis chapter 1, God blessed man. Genesis 1, 28. After God had made man in 26, verse 28 says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, What? Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. God has blessed his world. God has blessed all of his creation. Now we know what happened. Man fell. But in Ephesians chapter 1 as well, we are told that we also have been re-blessed, even at a higher level. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we were blessed naturally as a natural man. Man fell. But even in this kingdom, that blessing has been restored at a higher level on a higher dimension. Praise God. Now, this passage we read in Second Peter chapter 1 begins to bring something to us that I want us to consider. This is not the first time we're looking at this passage here, but I think it's been a long time we looked at it. The very first verse says, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained what? Like precious faith, like precious faith, let's stop then. You see, what we have been learning from last Sunday to Wednesday and to today is that if you don't know the value of what you have, there are two things. Either you will lose it or you never had it. Praise the Lord. The first emphasis the Apostle Peter is making here is they have obtained that word like is the same. The same precious faith. Now, I remember, I remember when I was in school, I believe most of you may have had the same experience. They are, they are, you come out of the exam hall, and you and your friends, are this, you and your classmates or classmates are discussing the exam. And somebody says, ah, it, you know, did you see number four? Number four was so easy. Ah, I just, you know, I finished number four, you know, f- quickly. It didn't take me time. And then every other person is looking at him. To every other person, number four was the most what? Difficult. Now, what often times is the case is that he didn't even understand the question. You get what I'm saying? Because it's the same question, 40 of us wrote it. And to you alone, it was the easiest. It meant that what? You didn't even get what they were talking about. That is, you failed it zero fully, not woefully. You know, you totally failed it because you didn't get it at all. What Peter here is saying to us is this. This faith I'm talking about is the same one. Praise the Lord. So when you read the Bible, you must remind yourself that this you're born again is the same one Paul had. Praise the Lord. Is the same one Peter had. Is the same one James had. Praise the Lord. Is the same one Barnabas had. Is the same one Ananias and Sapphira that were killed in church had. 
The same precious, is the same faith. If your own is now on a special category, then it must be really special. It's not this one. Praise the Lord. If your own is this type that there is a special grace that covers you, then it's a special faith. It's not this one. Peter writing to us here is the same Peter that in one moment Jesus says, I commend you in what you have said, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In the next moment, Jesus says, get deep behind me, Satan. If the faith you are in is the faith you cannot be corrected and rebuked, then it's not this one that Peter is talking about. If you go to church only to be made to feel good, to feel high, to live in high spirits, then it's not the same one. If it's this faith that James and John got the intercession of their mother to go to Jesus to say to him, we are requesting of you something. You know when somebody asks you for something and say, agree before they ask you. You know that one is under duress. And you're not, you're not to keep that. You just agree so you hear whatever it was. So they say, there is something we are asking of you and agree to give us. Jesus said, okay, let's continue. By the time they say what it was, what was his answer? He said, you don't even know what you're asking. But they got a bit of it. James was the first apostle to be beheaded. John was the last one. He was born in hot water. He saw life. He saw death. He saw all of them until he was on earth and started seeing heaven. That's how come he could give us the book of Revelation. But if this faith is the one that they tell you that whatever thing you ask God, you will just claim it and take it. It's not this one, no. Is someone getting me? If it's this same faith that we are following, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, said to the Father, said, Father, let this cup pass from me. The Father said, no. If they tell you that everything you ask from God, he does it. Maybe it's another faith. Praise the Lord. Maybe. So he said, the same, the same. That's what we are talking about. I needed to make that emphasis so that if you're disagreeing with me, it might be that it's a different faith. On that case, there is no basis for disagreement. We agree. Okay. Then he went on to say, grace and peace, verse 2, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And the moment I read this, what he said is that you must understand that some translation, I think it's the Passion. Do you have the Passion translation there? The Passion Translation, it, it talks, I don't, I think it's grace and wholeness or something that it says here. The Living Bible, okay, not the part. Anyway, grace and peace be multiplied to you. He said, in this same faith, grace and peace is not equally distributed. If something can be multiplied, then it means what? It's in rations. So as we are seated in church today, you can be operating at a 10 Point level of grace and peace, which means somebody is coming to church today and is anxious and is agitated. Waiting man go do? How shall I eat? I never marry. I never build house. All of that, and you're in distress. Another person can be coming, and the person's heart is calm. Like the psalmist said, he says, "My heart is like a wind child, quieted within me." Both of you, in fact, the person with a calm heart might be coming from a more trying situation. But because his own grace and peace has been multiplied more than yours. So my agitation is not equal to my situation. It is equal to the grace and peace that has been multiplied. And that grace and peace is not partially given. For with God, there is no respect of person. He says, how do you increase it? He said, it is multiplied how? 
in the knowledge. So the more you know him, we learned on Wednesday, he says, in this world, it's not a prophecy, it's a description. In this world, you will have what? Tribulation, distress. He says, but what? Be of good cheer. For why? I, your Lord and Master, I have what? I have overcome the world. I've taken the sting out of the world. Praise the Lord. So he continues and keeps going down and keeps going down. But let, let me pause and ask you a question. You know, I needed to be sure of that question before I asked you. So I had to Google it. When a child is born, I think it was last Sunday here, that we also established that oxygen is free. You know that? Oxygen is free. Now, when a child is born, what does he do? He breathes in oxygen and begins to live. Isn't it? Do you know you're wrong? When a child is born, if that child refuses to breathe out carbon dioxide first, there will be no space for oxygen to go in. Now, oxygen is free. We agree. But if anybody refuses to give back carbon dioxide to this system, what will happen to the person? It's the same thing when we talk about salvation and Christianity. The gift of God is what? Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. Put it on the screen for us. For by grace we have been what? Through faith. Not of works. Lest any man what? Should boast. That's how salvation comes. It is by the grace of God. Nobody wakes up and saves himself. Most of us, I believe every one of us, we tell the story on this certain day, God what? Saved me. For by grace we have been saved, not of works. Now verse 9 goes on and says what? Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Then 10, please. 10 now goes on and says what? For we are his what? Workmanship created in Christ Jesus, what? For good works, which God prepared. King James Version will say, which God ordained beforehand. Is that where it stops? The next one now says what? That we should walk in this preordained work. Now, let me put something to you. Natural biological life. No man can create it. I hope you know that. So man, the best effort man is making is maintaining life. Okay. So no man can create life. No doctor, no hospital is able to create life. Okay. So unless God gives life, there is no natural life. But that same natural life that God gives like that, unless it is maintained, will cease to exist. Praise the Lord. Unless it is maintained. In fact, not just maintained. Unless it is worked on and developed. Okay? Some of us have relatives that you're avoiding now and, you know, dodging them now because these relatives were born just like you were born, but for some reason, maybe the fault of their parents or their own fault, they didn't train in school, they didn't get educated, they didn't, you know, advance in life, they didn't prepare themselves for living life, so they are old now and they're burdened to everybody and they risk. They had the gift of life, but the life they had was what? Was not worked on. So the scripture says, where his workmanship created in Christ unto good was what? Which was prepared beforehand that we should do what? We should walk in it. If you don't walk in what God has worked, there will be frustration for everybody. And that explains why a lot of so-called Christians 
are walking in frustration. And that is why a lot of so-called pastors are just busy hyping people up because there is a disconnect. There is a disconnect. A human being is a human being and we rejoice at every baby's birth. But if that baby is not nurtured and taught how to live in a civilized society, that baby will grow to be a savage. That baby will grow to be a problem. I believe that's part of the problem we're having in our country. Where the Almagery system introduces children with the society, the parents and whoever it is, the religion that is bringing them in, have no plans of helping them to become useful. So they are complete burdens. The only value they have is for voting, undervoting and all of that, and riots and killing Christians. That's the only value they have. But I think now they are learning other things. And they are beginning to feel the pain. So life is free. But if that life is not invested on, it's a burden both to the person living it and to the rest of the society. The same way, spiritual life is free. Salvation is a gift. Praise the Lord. Salvation is what? It's a a gift of God. It's a gift of God. If you're not saved here before we close, please receive that gift. It's a gift. Okay? But the next thing about that gift you must understand, we take another simple illustration is this. Uh, You know, something asked me. It said, if you were to be given a gift which you can't sell and you can't return, okay? Can't sell and can't return. You must use it. Okay? Now, I know we have big dreams here. So, let me ask you, um, who is my friend here? Pastor Law, you're my friend. So assuming they give, gave you a gift of a Boeing 747 now, praise the Lord. You can't return it, you can't sell it. You know Wahala has come for you. Do you know that problem has come? If, if, if in the next one month, you'll be so indebted because you have not moved the plane, parking charges... Eh? You can't sell it. You can't even fly the plane. So you can't employ a, 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 a pilot. It's a burden. Why? The gift is bigger than you. Some person came to church and is wondering, God, why haven't you done this for me? You don't have enough carbon dioxide to exchange for the oxygen. The thing you're asking, you do, Jesus said to uh, uh, James and John, He said, You don't know what you're asking. But give the same plane. To the uh, uh, um, owner of Airpeace or Ibom Air. Immediately, it becomes profit. Why? His capacity to receive is different. He has something to exchange. He has something to carry. Many years ago, I, I, I heard a message. I think it was uh, T.D. Jakes that preached. He said, can you stand to be blessed? Can you stand to be blessed? He said to me, okay, okay, let's, let's leave plane. He said, car. Okay, the next one. Okay, no, not car. A yacht, a boat. Praise the Lord. If you live in Abuja and someone blesses you with a boat that you can't sell and you can't return, what is that? That's, you will not be able to sleep. Because even if you, where will you pack it in Wari or Jabi Lake? Anywhere you pack it, well, you'll just be turning on your bed. You can't see it. You, I mean, you, it's just there. It's, it's a burden. It has just increased your stress. No benefit to you. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? So you bring it down now. But let's say a gift of a car. That would be nice. You will drive it immediately, isn't it? Now, the gift has come down to the level that you can what? You can receive it. You can handle it. Now, there are some persons there by virtue of where you live. Recently, somebody was going to make a decision about a gift to give, you know, somebody. And by virtue of where the person will live, some particular gifts were not suitable. Are you getting what I'm saying? Life is like that. Spiritually and naturally. It's like that. Oxygen, so free. But decide to be so mean to the system that this system, I will only take oxygen. I will never give you plants. You want carbon dioxide, eh? I will not give you carbon dioxide. So, what's going to happen? The system will eject you. That will be the end of you. Immediately. Now, why do we presume that Christianity is the faith where Jesus, the Son of God, will come to the earth and die for us? Attention. Praise the Lord. Where the Son of God will come to the earth and die for you and I. Praise the Lord. Shed his blood for us. Be beaten by stripes. You know, be insulted. And the Bible says, resisted unto bloodshed, striving against him. He did all of that to save you so that you think you can just say on one Sunday, on one Wednesday, or a friend, a colleague spoke to me about Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. I'm born again. And that is the end of it. And you expect to go to heaven. Who told you that? If you can't receive an airplane and be normal. If you can't receive a yacht and be normal. In fact, I'm even going too far. If some of you here, if I gave you a gift of 5 million naira, you will change your phone number. And I announce, brother so-so, the church, you know, or pastor, I'm so happy. I bless you with 5 million naira. I'm going to put, you know, deliver it to your house. Number one, you will start fasting for protection. Everything about you will change. Why? Because you have been endowed with what? Something precious. Peter says we have obtained what? A like precious gift. I remember when I was much younger, when you know, I used to wear my mom's jewelry. If I wore her gold, you know, for some reason, maybe a special occasion. Even as people come to greet me, I'm apprehensive as I'm answering the greeting because I don't know whether you want to go for the neck, lace on my... Do you understand? That is what it is. Now, if I have such a gift and nothing about me is changing, I should ask, have I received it? Is somebody getting what I'm saying? It's, it's not works. No, you didn't buy the plane. You didn't buy the yacht. It's just that it has been given to you, and because it has been given to you, the law of displacement means things cannot remain the same. Simple as that. Chris, you're going to get married today. Things will remain the same. As simple as that. You see, can you stand... This addition, some ladies you want to marry, but you just want your life. You see, this is the way I keep thinking. Let me tell you, when you marry, the first thing you must understand is that the bathroom that you had as a single lady won't be the same. You keep everything down morning, afternoon, and night. The man will hang it up, forget it, you will quarrel, you'll come back, he's hung, hung it up. He, you know, the, the, there'll be displacement. It's as simple as that. The law of displacement will take place. 
I like to eat this. The man doesn't like to eat it. You can marry a man that when he finished eating banana, he would throw it on the dining seat. And you can't stand that. You stand there fuming. You are married. You have been mad. M-A-R-R-E-D. Something has adjusted. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's as simple as that. Now, still coming back to our faith. So, Peter continues to tell us something. So, we'll continue. Verse 3. Back to 2 Peter, verse 3. He says, as his divine power has given to us what? All things that pertain to life and godliness, truth. Everything, the Christian who understands what we are talking about, understands that God has given us everything. If I want to do you while you... Every time you come to church, I'll tell you God's about to, God's about to, God's about to, God's about to. And because God is about to, you give me, then God will give you. That's the way of, you know. But God has given. God has what? Given. God has given. When God sent his son Jesus, he opened the door for every blessing. That's why we're going to celebrate Christmas. Angels are singing. There is joy all over. Why? Because in Christ Jesus is the greatest gift to mankind. Now, to add to it, when Jesus died and rose on the cross, he said, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended. With the Holy Ghost, sir and man, there is nothing anybody can add on you. Nothing. There is no improvement. He is the seal of God's blessing. You have the Holy Ghost. You have everything. But the problem is this. We don't understand. We don't value. So verse 3 says, As his divine power has given to us all that pertain to life and godliness. It says, how does this happen? It says, through the knowledge of him who calls us by what? Glory and virtue. So if I don't know, if I don't know him, If I don't know what, I will think I don't have. So many times we suffer a problem of ignorance and we think it's a problem of what? Lack. And that's why the Bible says, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge, not lack of things. Verse 4 goes on. It says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. So this is still pushing the same point that Peter was making about the preciousness of this gift. Listen to me, people of God. The best thing that has ever, that could ever happen to you and I is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save us. We've said here that anybody saying to God, do so and so for me so that I know you love me. That is one amiss prayer that I'm very sure of. Because the Bible says, God demonstrated his love towards us. That while we're yet sinners, what happened? Christ died. God, he, he displayed that love. He commended it. He proved it when his son died. Now, what begins to happen after then is that as you understand what the son is, what is in the package, you begin to partake. He says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these promises, through the knowledge of these promises, through the valuation of these promises, remember the parable of the treasure in a field, which a man found and turned and went and what? Sold everything to purchase the field. 
is the same thing. So with these promises, what do I do? I turn and there's transformation. And as there's that transformation, I enjoy. I enter into the things of these promises. Praise the Lord. He said, these promises make you to be a partaker of the divine nature. So let's take the people that are getting married. Now it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Now you know that is not something that, there is not a joke. How many married men are here? Husband, love your wives as your father loved your mother. It's even a tall order for some of us. Even though for some, their fathers beat their mothers. But love your wives, maybe okay, as pastor loves mommy too. Maybe it's also a tall order. But he didn't say that. He said, love your wives as what? Christ loved the church and they told you a bit of it and gave himself for her. So stupid woman, give yourself for her. Foolish woman, give yourself for her. Yeah, yeah, woman, give yourself for her. The earlier you call her precious gift, my sweetie, my honey, the easier it will be for you. When you devalue your wife, you're not making life easy for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? And for the women, when that man becomes coconut head, look at other men. It's a problem for you because the Bible says, submit to that man as what? As unto the Lord. If your Lord is coconut head, I'm sorry for you. So you see that the women who call their husbands my king, it's easier to submit to your king. It's easier to submit to your nauku. Do you understand? You see, this is scripture. This is scripture. This is what it says. Now, as you do that, the, the blessings, you know, we claim the, just the same thing we're trying to say in different ways. It says, he that finds a wife, finds what? A good thing. And obtains what? Favor. That is Proverbs talking that, Abby. But now in the epistles with the revelation of the Spirit of God, the Bible begins to say to us, dwell with your wife with what? Understanding. That what will not happen? That your prayers what, may not be hindered. So it's not finding a wife and taking her and subduing her. If you do that, it's wahala. Because you have not discerned what you got. But when you find that wife and understand her and honor her and treat her like the way you should treat her, your prayers will be on an express way to heaven. Is somebody getting it? Yes, it, it, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. And the same thing with women. Listen, you can have all your girlfriends, girlfriends, girlfriends. If you don't submit to that man, the Bible says in Genesis, it says your desire shall be for him. The joy and the peace that does not flow to you through God from your husband. If you like, have one million girlfriends. It will never come. All of you just be bad bellying yourself, thinking you're happy. You know, you'll be laughing. <laughs> then you gossip one to another. Turn, gossip one. The man over you is the one divinely permitted. That's the one you want to get his affection. All the other affections now, why you? It won't it will work. Okay. Did I say too much? Praise the Lord. You know, it's only women that have the right to hang out legally. If men hang out, there is wahala. They are searching for us, but instead of coming home to search well for us, they gather together. Okay? Anyway, so we continue. It says, this great and precious promises have been given to us that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. We leave that for now. Now look at verse 5. Verse 5 goes on to put it this way. It says, for this very reason, 
giving all diligence, we should do what? Add to your faith. I think it's here where the Living Bible, either the Living Bible or NLT or one of them, says faith is not enough. Please help me find which I wasn't expecting the translation today. So, you need more than faith. Okay, that's okay. If you find a better one, you can change it for us. It says what? Let's read together this, what is on the screen. But to obtain these gifts, what happens? You need more than faith. You need more than faith. So if I stood there now and say, child of God, to go to heaven, you need more than faith. You can say I'm speaking blasphemy. But I'm reading directly from scripture. And this is Peter talking. And Peter is the one that our Lord Jesus Christ said what? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Tell them the truth. It says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Gifts. The gift of God has been given to us, but it comes with a responsibility. And the earlier and the sooner we embrace that responsibility, the better life will be for us. Just like we've, you know, illustrated with several instances. And if we read on, let's read on and then we'll come back. It says, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control what? Perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8 says, If these things are yours and abound, not scantily, if they are yours and they do what? They are bound. He says, You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. What it means is that if these things are not there, my knowledge of, of Jesus or my claim to salvation in true Christ will be what? Will be barren. There will be nothing to show for it. That will not be a portion in Jesus' name. It goes on, verse 9, it says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness. What happens to a blind person? A blind person lacks sight. That's where we started from. Child of God, this world we are in. Let me not even talk about this world we are in. How many of us are Nigerians here? We're all Nigerians here. You know that Nigeria is not a country the way things are. That's you. I mean, anybody living in Nigeria now that is not thinking about heaven is wasting this opportunity. I know uh, most people are thinking the other direction, escape to some other country, but every country has this issue. The Christian faith is the faith that explains to us how this world got into the problem it is. And it got into this problem through sin, the fall of man. And since then, the whole elements, everything in this world has been virus infected. Men are wicked. The systems are wicked. Institutions are wicked. Even the sun is getting angry. How many of us live in Abuja? The sun is getting angry with us. When I moved into Abuja, we didn't used to have 40 degrees. But as it got angry, I started getting to 39, 40. This season, I think there is 42. Everything is revolting. Water is receding. 
Sun is getting. Why? Because this world we are in, the Bible says, it's a world that is expiring. It says it's a world that is going to roll up and wrap up. Why? There is a new heaven and world. There is a new earth that is about to come. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Yes. There is a new heaven and a new earth. And that new heaven and new earth, they will not buy it with Naira. They won't buy it with Dollar. No, they won't buy it with Ajebota. They won't buy it with foreign citizenship. The only way you enter into that new heaven and new earth world is by the new birth through Jesus Christ. Now, that is what the Christian has. Somebody should put their hands together. Listen, let anybody say what they like. That song still stands. If you take the whole world, give me Jesus. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. The Jesus that will keep me here and bring me into eternal rest. He said to the disciples, I go to prepare a place. This world was prepared initially, Garden of Eden, when God planted uh, Adam and Eve. But the moment the serpent deceived Adam and Eve, the world turned around to become agitated towards man. So everything in the world is counter your well-being. Do you know that? It's counter your well-being. Everything works against us the way the system we have. That's why weed will grow in your gardens without effort. But flowers will never grow. That's why you have to brush your teeth every day. I was wondering, who even brushes the teeth of dogs? How many of us like brushing? Somebody said no. I pity your wife. Do you understand? The, the, The world we are in is decay. Decay is natural. You do something nice, and then you just turn around, and the thing is, you know, just going down. Why? This world is expiring. But Jesus says, I make what? All things new. That is what we have in the faith. But let's leave that. Somebody might say, I'm too young, pastor. Stop telling me about that heaven. Well, Jesus could come any moment. I hope you know that. Everything that is ready, that was said, will happen before he comes. Many years ago, when CNN came out, we knew that the coming was near. Because in all the world, we were watching the, the, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein and, you know, Bush and all of them exchange insults. Because we, before, we never knew that the whole world could watch one person at the same time. And, you know, they said everybody will see. Then it was television now and everybody has it on the phone. So once they say it's trending, everybody will get in at the same time. So that one is settled. Okay? Now, on the Mac that they're going to put, whether it comes at vaccination or whatever it is, everything is getting set. The world has experienced control that is universal. World Health Organization, in one moment of time, took authority over governments. So your government cannot say, no, we want to leave. World Health will say lockdown, and everybody lockdown. And poverty-streaking Nigeria followed them to lockdown. The instruction was lockdown and give palliatives. They locked us down and took the one we had. Nigeria is a wonder. I'm telling you. They locked us down, increased electricity tariffs. Locked us down, increased fuel price. Locked us down, increased VAT. What else did they take? <laughs> locked us down and locked away the palliatives. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> so if you're in Nigeria, please better get born again. I'm telling you. Okay, so but we, we can leave that. And come down to present day realities. What is the benefit of Christ for me today? 
Let me begin to tell you as I try to round up for today. Verse 4 says that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature. The benefit, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ says the kingdom of God is even not just coming. What I'm talking about is heaven and earth. But the kingdom of God is already where? It's already here. It's the ability for a man, as I am, as we are, to carry in himself the divine nature. Now, what is that divine nature, sir? It's not the ability to stage miracles. Because, you know, Olumbo, all kinds of people do all of that. No, the divine nature is Christ. That a normal boy, a normal man, can respond the same way Christ will respond. It doesn't make sense. They insult you and you don't insult back. Praise the Lord. That a normal man can live a contented life. You're sitting in an office and there's opportunity to make extra five million naira. And nobody, no, in fact, is the norm in that office. And your salary is not that much. But you forgo making that five million naira. Why? Because Christ in you assures you that he will take care of you. You don't need to steal. That is what makes us Christians. We are content. The Bible says godliness with contentment is what? It's great gain. That is what makes us who we are. It is the ability to love your enemies. That ability does not exist any other place. That some people want you dead. Up till now, Christians are still sending missionaries. They are killing them, but they are sending people. Why? Because whereas they want us dead, we want them saved. It's the divine nature. It's the divine nature. It's the divine nature that can forgive. And in marriage, you need a lot of that. It's the divine nature. It's Christ. These promises help you. These promises give you joy in spite of situations. Habakkuk the prophet said, though the fig tree may not blossom, though the vines may not bring fruit. He said, though, though, though the cat, you know, the, the stock, though everything is dried up. He says, yet in this, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord my God. He will make me to walk upon my high hills. Why? There is a joy that is beyond physical things. Any of you are listening to me that God, that has experienced God's blessing a bit will bear with me that nothing on earth satisfies. Many years ago, we preached a message called, It Seems Like It. I remember when my imagination was, when will I drive a brand new car? Tear rubber. How many of us still have that dream? So, that was my dream. And, I mean, God made it happen. In fact, it was a blessing. You know, the members of the church then bought me a brand new 4-6. And actually tore the rubber. People of God, one year after, I didn't like that car again. One year after, I had turned the rubber and it didn't fuel me. Why? Because God who made you, you see, is like, where do you, do you live in the barracks? Okay. If anybody in Abuja here lives in places where Julius Berger built, the way they build their houses, another electrician cannot fix it. When they switch spores, Another electrician cannot fix it. They built it that no matter what happens there, you need Julius Bezier to come and fix it. Now, when God built man, he built man that nothing on earth, what they manufacture in Germany, what they manufacture in China, what they make anywhere, cannot satisfy man. Only God can satisfy man. That is why the Bible says Christ in us 
is the hope of glory. He has reserved a space inside of every one of us. That no matter, no matter what the world gives us. If you like, thank you Holy Spirit. Thank God you're getting married. Let, let me give you a close analysis to that. For those who are married. If you're married and you go out, assuming depending on where you work. And you go out to work or go out to maybe you're a performing musician or whatever it is. And you go out and everybody outside is saying how wonderful you are. How great you are. Ah, Organa, you, Biko. Or madam, now you, everything. When you come home, if your wife looks at you from head to toe and says, hey, Papa Emeka, and then, eh, Baba Johnson, and so, and so, eh, please come here. You see, all of a sudden, all that thing everybody said will do what? Will escape. Why? Because this is the closest to you to represent God. If they are not finding you as anything, Everything anybody told you outside will make no sense. That is how the world has been what? Engineered. And it's a picture of how God wants to deal with us. So our time is so gone and I want to round up. I want to beg you, especially for those of us. This message is actually for those of us who hitherto had said they are born again Christians. If you are not putting virtue in it, you don't have it. The type of born again that you're not reading your Bible. They told the story of a preacher that went to visit a family. And when the preacher left, the family said, this man has stolen their either golden cutlery or something. They had special cutlery that they bring out when guests come. Or I can't remember whatever it was, but it was something precious. And after about three weeks... They accosted, they had the boldness to tell the preachers, but sir, how come we, you know, try to do you good in our house and you stole our golden pen or golden whatever? And the preacher smiled and said, I didn't steal it. I just looked at it, but I, I think I left it inside your Bible that is on the shelf there. And it meant that for three weeks, this family had never opened the Bible, but they're born again. What this scripture we are looking at is saying what? That such persons are short-sighted, even almost to blindness. And that if they are not careful, they will be what? Barren and unfruitful. If you are born again here, you cannot speak anyhow. If you are born again here as a husband, you cannot beat your wife. Christ doesn't beat us. How many of us have Christ beaten? So as a husband, if you beat your wife... You need to be diligent to make your calling and election sure. You need to go and kneel down and ask God, is my name in the book of life? And the way some women are looking at me, yes, if you're born again also, the way you talk to that man, do we kneel that? What do we say in church today? What were we singing? I don't know how to say what your love means to me. What other song did we sing? Help me. You are great. You do miracles. That's what we sing to him. So if you're a wife also, and you open your mouth, and you call that man all kinds of names, you should also go and kneel down and say, who gave me this mouth? Because this mouth is not a born again mouth. I bind it. That's what you should bind. Abby, that's what you should jump and pass. If you're born again and in this Nigeria... Under this wickedness that we are living in as a country. Your own life is not different. The Bible says you are light. 
He says, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. If you're born again and your life is not different from the rest of Nigerians, then you need to go and kneel down and say, do I have the same faith? Our faith is not a common faith. Our faith is not a popular faith. Our faith is a distinct faith. It's a faith that throws us up. It's the kind of faith that Daniel had in, in, in Babylon. That everybody ganged up against. People will gang up against you if you're a genuine believer. But the Bible says, when they gather, because what? They do not gather by me. What will happen? They shall fall for you. People will rise up to pull you down because you'll be an obstruction. Light obstructs darkness. I, I mean, you must settle that. Light is an obstruction to darkness. I've told us here, in class, uh, many of us may remember in school, some of you, you know, all the Obuegues, you know what Obuegues is? Everybody understands that language. All the workers arrived. The assignment was given three weeks ago. Nobody did it. And they planned to tell the teacher that we couldn't find the material. Then the teacher said, so who did this assignment? One boy wearing glasses, big glasses. No big glasses now in his guy. Those days, it meant that you were real, real ethical. So one boy wearing big glasses carries his note and starts going. Immediately, some people are pulling him. Come back here, stupid boy. Why? His obedience has made a display of your disobedience, has exposed it. It's the same way. When you live right, they will come against you. But you know what? That coming against you is designed by God for your lifting. For the Bible says, and we what? Know that how many things? All things work together for good to those who love God and that they called according to his purpose. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So salvation, as I round up, is a gift and it's free. But that gift demands a displacement. My life can't be the same. I cannot be the same. I cannot talk the same. Let me not talk about sexual immorality. The Bible says your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Nobody that is born again, you will be tempted. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, there will be temptation. Our Lord Jesus was tempted. But if you're carrying the Holy Ghost inside of you, there is a point where you'll get to, you won't move again. Because the Bible asked a question. It said, shall you take the body of the Lord Jesus and join him to Harlot? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this great, great gift of salvation. Thank you for this great gift of salvation. Thank you that you found me. Oh yes, thank you that you found me. You found me. Thank you that you saved me. You loved me. Thank you. I, I, I couldn't save myself. I didn't even know how lost I was. But on, on, on the cross of Calvary, you bore the weight of my sins. And you stood there and said, for you, I'm doing this. So that you can become a child of God. You did that for me. Lord, today I'm coming to say thank you. I'm coming to say thank you. And with this salvation, you have given to me every good gift. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. Lord, help me to know the things that have been freely given to me. Also tell the Lord, Lord, is there any way... 
that I've made you little in my sight. Is there any way I've been made to despise this gift because it is free? Have I despised the gift of your son? Have I despised the blood that was shed for the remission? The Bible says you and I were not redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold. Neither with, with the blood of bulls and cows. But we're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's what was shed for me. Have I in any way undervalued the preciousness of that blood? Today, Lord, I receive grace to love you like I should. To be devoted to you like I should. To surrender my life like I should. And as that happens, the Bible says grace and peace be multiplied. I bet you, as you value him more, the power of God will be more. Wisdom will be more. Direction will be more. Help will be more. You will see yourself partaking of the divine nature. You will see yourself somehow things fall in place. Somehow you will lay hands on the sick. And yes, they will recover. Because that's the promise of God. Somehow they will set traps for you. But it won't catch you. Because the Bible says you'll step upon serpents and scorpions. And they will by no means harm you. Somehow, somehow you will drink even a deadly thing. And it will not hurt you. Why? Because God has taken residence in your life. That's what happens when you become a believer. Somehow you have a totally different view of this world. You become a sojourn. You become a pilgrim. You become someone passing through this world, going to a better place. That's what happens. And that's what has been done for us. So I I want you to thank the Lord and ask him, bring me into this experience. Give me a burning desire to experience it to the full. And while we pray that prayer, there may be one or two persons who came today. And you have never really heard the value of Jesus like that. The Bible says no other name has been given under heaven by which men should be saved. My name cannot save anybody. Your name can save you as well. No other name can save. The only name that can save is the name that God himself gave. And that name is Jesus. You have never called upon that name. The Bible says whosoever calls upon that name shall be saved. You have never done that. Today is the day of salvation. Is a day of salvation? Is a day today? The Bible says is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Today, so I want to ask you, all eyes closed, all heads bowed down. You're here and you want to say, preacher, I want to call on that name, Jesus. I want to be saved. I came here and something just told me that this is my day to receive forgiveness of sins, to receive the gift of eternal life. Is a gift free. And the Holy Spirit helps us to live that life. Then I want to pray with you anywhere you are. You can just slip that hand up wherever you are so I can pray with you. Anywhere you are, slip that hand up. Just slip it up. Jesus. 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 God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Jesus, as you raise that hand, I want you to talk to him and say, Lord, come into my life. Come into my life today. Come into my life. Come into my life. Come into my life. Come into my life today. Come in today. Come in. Come in and be Lord in this life. And be Lord in this life. Come in. Come in. I want to be yours. You're raising your hand, please. We want to just place a card in your hand. 
Jesus. Okay, is there still any other person? Okay, you, you can just stand up wherever you are. Stand up. God bless you. It's nothing, it's nothing to be shy about. It is the best decision you could ever make. God bless you, my brother. Just after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you today acknowledging that you are the Son of God. You came into this world to die for sinners. I am one of them. Lord Jesus, wash me with the blood, the precious blood you shed on the cross of Calvary. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. Jesus, give me the gift of your Holy Spirit and enable me from today to live the life of a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. I am born again. I belong to you. And now I pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brother. And as many others that may not have had the boldness to raise their hands and to stand. I pray for them. The word of life has come. The word of deliverance has come. I declare that the decisions they make openly or covertly today. Lord, that you will help them through with it. That there will be no turning back. That those words will bring life. These ones will bring direction. I stand as your servant, O oh Lord. And I serve notice to the deceiver, to the devil. I say, these ones have heard the word of truth. Their lives will never remain the same. I say, get your hands off of them. As they begin to make the journey unto eternal life. By the power of the Holy Spirit. I give you the praise, O oh Lord. For in Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise Jesus, somebody. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.